You're listening to the Yoga Inspiration Podcast with me, your host, Kino McGregor. I created this series to keep you inspired to get on the mat every day so that you can practice yoga and change your world, starting from the inside out, one breath at a time. Thanks so much for listening. Your support means everything to me. Hi, everyone. It's Kino here. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Yoga Inspiration Podcast. This episode is about spiritual bypassing. If you don't know what that is, don't worry. I explain it in intimate detail. This is an important term for yoga practitioners to get really familiar with, to be sure that you're integrating the real deep life lessons of the yoga path into everyday life without glossing over what is really the heart of the practice. All right, get ready to dive in. Hey everyone, it's Kino here. Welcome to another episode of the Yoga Inspiration Podcast and Video Series. In this episode, I want to dive into a concept that I hope all yoga practitioners get really, really familiar with. And this concept is called spiritual bypassing. Originally introduced in the 1980s by a Buddhist teacher and psychologist John Wellwood, spiritual bypassing is when concepts in the spiritual path of yoga, meditation, and any other path that leads to enlightenment are co-opted and used for avoidance, repression, suppression, and anything that basically will keep you out of the spiritual path. Now, why is this so important for yoga practitioners? Well, if you come into the yoga world, then you're often immediately introduced into some key yogic concepts like nonviolence or ahimsa, which are really, really powerful tools to give you moral and ethical guidance to help you live a happier and more peaceful life. But those terms can easily be co-opted by our behavioral patterns and turned into spiritual bypassing. So what does that actually look like for you and why is that important? First of all, let's take a look at the bigger perspective of humanity and human emotions. In order for a human being to be a really full and complete being, this means that both the light and the shadow ideally are integrated and welcomed. So that instead of seeing the world as fearful things to avoid and intense things to love and try to, you know, attach to and control. Instead of that, there's a balance that really integrates really, really intense positive emotions, the peaks of these wonderful highs of ecstasy, and also can be willing to accept the really, really deep lows and what you could call the shadow side of agony. And studies show that people that allow themselves to experience the full range of emotions actually have more wholeness, more happiness, and more peace in their lives. Whereas people that are, say, afraid of their shadows won't ever let themselves go into what are traditionally labeled as the dark side of the emotions, will engage more often in activities that could be labeled like spiritual bypassing and other sort of avoidant tactics. Now, these individuals cut themselves off from wholeness and actually deprive themselves of true joy, true peace, and true happiness. Unfortunately, this happens so often in the yoga world. So let's relate it into your experience of your yoga practice. Now, the yoga practice, if you haven't figured it out already, is really, really hard. The yoga postures are hard. They are designed to be hard. They're designed to be challenging because the yoga practice is interested in your full enlightenment, which means your full wholeness of being. That means the light and the shadow. 
So what the yoga poses are actually doing is perfectly positioning themselves to bring up all of the light, all of the darkness, and all of everything in between so that you can make peace with it all. So when you're practicing, what often happens is the moment that you may feel frustration, irritation, discomfort, even jealousy come up in your yoga practice, there is often this kind of unspoken judgment that can come up for you if you're in a dark space about your practice, if you're judging your body, or if you're feeling like, oh, you know, I'm feeling so much anger in this posture, then the spiritual bypass would say, well, it's all perfect anyway. Even though you feel angry right now, it doesn't really matter. It's all perfect anyway. And in that moment when you're caught in a cycle of negativity, a cycle of darkness, a cycle of anger, to have someone tell you, just breathe and everything will be perfect, it really feels disingenuous and uncompassionate. In fact, it feels completely untethered to reality. So this is the co-option or the you know, misuse of what are some really deep concepts of oneness, of universal truth and nonviolence to kind of make you feel uncomfortable about those shadow sides. And that's really what they were never meant to do. So I want to share with you a couple of situations that I've experienced the spiritual bypass and in situations where I've even engaged in it myself. I was on the way to the airport once and I was running a little bit late and I was checking the traffic and I asked my driver a question about when I might get to the airport and I said, you know, I have been told that it's useful to arrive to this airport rather early and the driver that I had booked for this pickup to the airport was running late. And as I checked the traffic, it looked like I was going to be there a little bit later than I should have. And for whatever reason, I wasn't able to check in online. So all of my anxiety triggers were going. So I was trying my best to manage those anxiety triggers. And at the same time, here I was late for the airport, wondering when to make my flight. And so I asked my driver, hey, do you think that we are going to make it in time. You know, I'm looking at the traffic and it looks like this route is taking a little longer than expected. At which point he turned around to me and said, listen, lady, just breathe. It will be okay. And at that moment, what was anxiety actually turned into anger. And so rather than actually instilling a state of calm, the idea of bringing in that terminology of just breathe and everything will be okay, breathe and keep calm in the moment when anxiety and anger is present, even if the intention is really, really good and not meant to do any harm, that sort of bypassing of sitting with the discomfort of another or sitting with the discomfort that you may have contributed to, this is essentially the opposite of the spiritual path. So in a situation where someone is experiencing anger, anxiety, this sort of thing, and you decide to be present with them or you need to be present with them for one reason or another, the opposite of spiritual bypassing is to just sit and be present and feel it all. This is the essence of the teaching of yoga, to sit, to feel present, to feel it all rather than to sit and look for only the good points. If you only are gonna feel good when everything goes your way, when you're on time and everything works, and if you can only sit with your own highs, then those lows will be rejected, suppressed, repressed 
parts of yourself. And when those arise in other people, you'll immediately project onto them the same attitudes of repression, rejection, and suppression, only wearing the clothes of and the, you know, the spiritual path and the terminology of the spiritual path. Spiritual bypassing is especially harmful in the grander scheme of cultural power dynamics. For example, when members of the dominant group of society speak and talk to members of the non-dominant group of society and say things like, why are you so angry? Just breathe. Everything is perfect, exactly as it is. Tune into the oneness, spread love and light. Sometimes if you look online, people like this are called sort of like the love and light battalion. Now, I don't want to really be negative about anyone here because I really see the point of both sides. And I feel like there's maybe a happy medium. And the happy medium usually comes in the place where you understand that you are really only responsible for how you feel and your reactions. And when things are brought up that are uncomfortable for you, even though you may want to go in and play the peacemaker and make everything all rosy, the discomfort sits within you. So your job in that moment is to apply your teaching to yourself so that you can literally sit with your own discomfort and make peace with it. Literally practice being at peace with all that is, including your anger, including your anxiety, Anxiety, including your depression when it arises. Every time you push those shadow sides of yourself away, what essentially happens is that you say no to the fullness of your life force. Once you say no to the fullness of your life force, then when that's presented to you in the mirror of society, then what essentially ends up happening is that you will repeat the pattern and say no to the full life expression of the being or the experience that's placed in front of you. Another circumstance that I wanted to share from my own life about spiritual bypassing is times when perhaps in conversations or even when I've written the occasional blog or post on social media that was a little bit of a rant about something that bothered me about injustices that I've seen in the world or things that I found were just out of alignment. And I kind of let myself go down that road of embracing and kind of working a little bit, perhaps too much, those dark sides. And I take responsibility for that. What I was met with with some people was, yes, I can see your point what I was met with from other people, sometimes the response would be, Kino, you're a yoga teacher. Aren't you past anger now? Kino, you've been practicing for over 20 years. You should be over that by now. And I was like, you know, this doesn't really help me right now because I'm sitting in the middle of it and I'm not over it. And if I could be over it, I would be over it. The spiritual bypass re- positions these concepts of peace and enlightenment as kind of judgments on people that are in the spiritual community as these really, really high standards of universal perfection and expectation that are inhuman and actually really far away from what the work of the spiritual path is. The spiritual path Yoga, meditation, the journey towards full liberation is full of steps and stumbles along the way. It's not a straight up trajectory. You're going to step and stumble and reach those dark peaks. And in those moments when you're down there in the doldrums, spiritual bypassing can't help you. You can't sidestep around that. You have to sit through your dark night of the soul. You have to sit through whatever darkness is inside of you until you find the way all the way through. And what can often happen when you pretend that everything is okay, when it's not okay, then you actually prevent yourself from doing the badly needed work that you need to do in order to heal. And the way that this works is that until you can speak truth to where you are and admit where you are and understand kind of the status quo 
of where things are, it'll be very, very difficult for you to actually take concrete action. There's a difference between optimism and ungrounded, unrealistic positivity. Another way to think about spiritual bypassing is that instead of addressing whatever problems exist directly, whether those are emotional problems, world problems, financial problems, health problems, instead of looking at them directly and taking a grounded, sane, and really, really clear view of what's happening. The spiritual bypass pretends that nothing is going on and says, well, it's all meant to be. Whatever is meant to be will be, all is good, yay. And again, while there's an element of that that is really, really true on some very deep and fundamental level, there's another element of that that is a little bit like digging your head in the sand, except it's like putting your head under a blanket covered with rainbows and unicorns. And I want to challenge you to find a place of groundedness that walks the line between these two extremes, using the spiritual bypass to present ungrounded, unrealistic optimism versus getting too negative and too bitter and too stuck in the status quo or even too stuck in the shadow side. Either pattern can be used to pull you away from what is the true essence of the spiritual path, which is being very, very truthful, honest with yourself as you are and seeing things really, really clearly. It's only when you can see the degree to which you are wounded that you will find your way out of that cycle of negativity to the degree to which that you are unwilling to look those shadows directly in the eye. Then there'll always be monsters hiding in the corner that seem really, really scary. So much teaching on the spiritual path talks about befriending those monsters, but the spiritual bypass is a little bit like, you know, pretending that there are no monsters and that they don't exist or thinking about that, you know, there are no problems anywhere, but life is filled with what you could call an inevitable stream of problems, inconveniences, and things that arise that present difficulty. The real tools of the spiritual path, rather than the spiritual bypass, the real tools of the spiritual path are meant to give you the confidence to go into the immense amazing ecstasies of the highs with the understanding that it is impermanent, won't last forever, so you can't hold on to it or control it, and the confidence to go into the dark spaces of the shadows to know also that as long as you don't feed it, eventually anger, anxiety, depression, that will lift also. However, when you engage in a spiritual bypass and someone is experiencing those dark sides of the emotions, again, it feels disingenuous, it feels non-compassionate, and it feels utterly untethered to reality. So when you're thinking about how to operate in the world, how do you walk that line between the spiritual bypass and the spiritual path? How do you find this happy medium between trying to do your affirmations and your visualizations and trust everything to the universe, to pray to a power that's bigger than yourself, to take care of everything, have faith in that, and also stay grounded and tethered to reality? There's an expression that a friend of mine told me many years ago, and I'm going to share that with you now. So this is the idea of how do you marry these two concepts? So this is a friend of mine told me, he said, you know, you have to trust in God and tie up your camel. So let's talk about what that means, because I don't have any camels, and I don't know about you, but I would imagine that maybe you don't either. So what does it mean to trust in God and tie up your camel? This means that you hold 
faith, expectant faith. Remember, faith in Sanskrit is called shraddha, which includes not just blind faith, but the idea of a paradigm of faithfulness and expectancy that's grounded and rooted in reality, inclusive of the energy and enthusiasm it takes to see your idea all the way through. So trust in God, have faith in a plan that's bigger and greater than yourself. Have faith, have faith in the goodness of yourself and in humanity. Do those visualizations of yourself happy, healthy, filled with energy, vibrant, and do everything you can do to create in your mind, in your vibration, in your world, the life that you want. Watch your energy, watch your emotion. Do that work moment by moment. Tune in to the places that are scary and do your process work to create new thoughts, new life in each moment. So trust in God and tie up your camel. So what does that mean? Don't only do that. Like don't only visualize in your room that you want to, you know, be in a really, really successful and happy and fulfilling relationship and expect someone to knock on your door one day and say, hey, here I am. So you want to meet kind of the universe halfway, you could say, or do your work, which is tie up your camel. Trust in God and tie up your camel. Those two things. Think about what that could mean to you. Have expectant faith that the job of your dreams is going to come. Have expectant faith that that's going to happen, that the perfect partner is going to come for you. And go out and fill out some job applications and take some job interviews and go on some dates and meet some people at the same time. Now, what can often happen is that we seem to be one or the other. Now, if we operate in the attitude of effort, we can sometimes forget about the real benefits that come from working with our energy, our vibration, and our thought. And the flip side can also be true. If you spend too much time working in your vibration, your energy, and your thought, you may neglect the necessary work that can happen to set up solid systems and foundations that can really set the whole world up for the success and the actualization of your dreams. Now, the only way to walk this line between the spiritual bypass and the spiritual path is to take the elements of the open consciousness and integrate that into the nitty gritty of reality and practice. This is why I love yoga, because yoga is a physical practice with a spiritual intent. And the physical practice gives you the moment-by-moment playbook for how to actually walk that thin line and find what you could call the middle path between the two extremes of staying in the doldrums of you know where things are and how terrible things are versus how amazing the future is going to be out there in the future. These two states of mind that we're trying to walk between are projecting too much into the unrealistic, ungrounded future versus ruminating on what we see as a negative and repetitive past. When we step into the present moment through the vehicle of true spiritual practice, like yoga and meditation, we find truthfulness, authenticity, and the inspiration to be a better person. Not to be a perfect person, because that's not humanity. We're never going to be perfect. We're always going to stumble, make mistakes, trip, and fall along the way. If you find yourself during your yoga practice thinking negative thoughts, you'll know that you're engaging in a spiritual bypass if you feel guilty about it. And I have done that so many times. And that was the third point I wanted to share with you about my personal experience in relation to spiritual bypassing. I've been doing yoga posture and feeling like I didn't like my body. I didn't like the way my body looked in that posture. I've been doing a yoga posture and feeling like I didn't do the posture good enough and finding myself 
frustrated, impatient, angry, even jealous at people who could do the posture. And then adding more negativity to the cycle of what was already a seed of negativity, the spiritual bypass came up. And I said to myself, Kino, you should be better than this. Everything is perfect. You need to just accept where you are. All is good. Rather than really sitting with what was coming up for me and processing my own emotions. And I would imagine that perhaps you've had something similar come up for you, whether on the yoga mat or in your everyday life. For example, when somebody cuts you off in traffic, you know, you may feel a tinge of anger arise. And if guilt is the next thought that comes up is the, oh, I shouldn't be angry about this. I do yoga. I'm a, I'm a meditator now. I shouldn't be angry about this anymore. You know that you're trying to spiritually bypass your own reaction patterns. So instead of that, you could go on a whole spin, you know, about that. Oh, now I'm spiritually bypassing. Now that's also bad. And you could compound the guilt or you could pause and realize, hmm, I'm going to choose that middle path in between. I recognize that anger has arisen for myself and I'm going to pause and feel what that feels like in the body. And at the same time, I desire to be free of this anger. And in that sense, you lay the seed of a new path forward while being very, very grounded, recognizing where you are in the current moments. Processing your own emotions, whether positive or negative, really feeling where you are is extremely difficult. So I'd like to leave you with some tools that you can apply when some difficult situations come up. Number one, always, and I'm a yoga practitioner, so I'll always go back here, tune into your breath. Just notice how you're breathing. For example, when you feel angry or irritated, there's a breath that's associated with that. And it can be really helpful just to acknowledge, hmm, my breath is accelerated. Perhaps there's something upset inside of me. Perhaps I'm a little upset right now. Perhaps I'm experiencing something that's upsetting. Then number two, look for the tactile root inside the body. So look for body sensations. Figure out what your body's feeling and how it's feeling. Is there tightness, tension in the body? And tune into it, almost like a body scan. And then don't judge it, but just observe tightness in the hip, tightness in the hip, tightness in the back, tightness in the neck, burning sensation, shaking sensations. Just sit with it as it is. Inevitably, what will happen as you tune into breath and body, there will be changes that inevitably come. And then the third thing that I would strongly engage is practice non-reactivity, which means as soon as you notice that there's a whole cycle and a trigger that's happening, do your best to not add fuel to the fire. Just take a few steps back and recognize I am triggered now. I am responsible for my own emotions and I'm going to do the process work instead of commenting back on social media, instead of writing a blog about it, instead of calling your friend and complaining about it, instead of going into a whole thing and just, you know, activating it again, pause, get real quiet, turn inward, breath, body, stick to sensations, stick to the reality of what you're feeling and do the opposite of the spiritual bypass. Instead of going around, repress and deny, tune in, acknowledge and start from a place of real, real truthfulness. You can't heal anything that you're not willing to admit. It's the admission of what is that allows you to take the first step towards healing. In the public space, spiritual bypassing is particularly harmful. So I really strongly welcome you to a new paradigm of thinking and being that can really make the world a dramatically healed and more peaceful place. 
Now, I am someone that believes in the dream of the world being a happier and more peaceful place. That's why I teach yoga. That's why I even started this podcast. It's called Yoga Inspiration. So I definitely believe that you are a conscious creator of your life and you have power and agency from the vantage point that you sit in right now. However, that line is to be walked between the positive visualizations and affirmations that you may engage in to create through your energy, your emotion, and your intention, the new life that's out there, married intimately to the actions that are grounded in the recognition of any hurt, woundedness, pain, agony, and ecstasy that you might be experiencing in the real here and now. And this is a way to find true balance, true authenticity, and to actually begin to see those lofty dreams come into fruition. People that engage in kind of the two-dimensional aspects of the spiritual bypass may engage in visualization, manifestation, and affirmations in a kind of way that's, again, ungrounded in reality and have the expectation that everything should arrive for them. Well, many things do arrive, and you can work magic in the world when you are in alignment with your path. You definitely can do that. At the same time, it's so important to understand that there is a lot of work to do and we need both. And in the yoga practice, if we go back to the traditional teaching in the sutras, then we understand that this is the balance between what you could call abhyasa or effort, practice, and vairagya, non-attachment and surrender. This is always presented on the spiritual path of yoga as a balance so that we can attain the state of yoga, which is the state of nirodaha, stillness, non-reactivity, and deep, imperturbable peace. We're here to practice, and practice means getting really, really real with where you are, not suppressing that or denying that in an effort to only think about where you want to be. We need both. We need both the humble acknowledgement of where we are, the memories of where we've been, and the positive, faithful expectation for where we are going in the future. So don't bypass anything. Go through it all. Sit with it all. Feel it all. And you'll find that there is a place of deep peace that will carry you through both the highs and the lows. And you'll be moving further and further along down the path of wholeness, which is the path of enlightenment. Now, bear in mind, I'm not saying I'm enlightened by any means. Let's be clear about that. I'm a student and a practitioner just like you, and we're here taking footsteps down this path that's making more light shine in our lives and ultimately in our world. If we each do our part, truthfulness, starting off with truthfulness, then we can begin to engage in faithful, positive actions to create a happier, more peaceful life, starting with ourselves and ultimately spreading outward hopefully to the whole world. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you spending this time with me. And I hope you feel a little bit of inspiration to take the lessons off your yoga mat into your everyday life. And that you'll remember this talk the next time you feel a little bit of those shadow sides creeping up on you and you'll know how to put in the work so that you don't engage in the spiritual bypass, but that you step fully onto the spiritual path. Hey there, it's Kino here. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Your support and your time and your attention really mean a lot to me. If you're enjoying this podcast series, you can find the full-length videos on my online channel, OMSTARS, and that's at 
www.omstars.com. You can redeem a 14-day free trial and get access to our full library of over 3,000 classes and also practice yoga with me online. I'd also love to see you in class sometime. So you can find my full live in-person teaching schedule on my website, which is kinoyoga.com. And if you haven't checked out my books, I'd absolutely be honored if you'd check those out. You can find those available at any online bookseller. The Yoga Inspiration Podcast is designed to keep you inspired to get on the mat. And I hope you're leaving each episode with a little glimmer and spark of the spirit which is the true heart of the yoga method. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be filled with love. Namaste.